This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, on board, Planola is one of the most important institutions in this country. It governs so many things, where people can build, how much they can build, where they can't build. It is critical to so many people for investment purposes, for the sheer possibility of having a house or even a house extension. It's hugely important for all kinds of reasons. And in recent times, it has been afflicted by allegations of impropriety. The former deputy chair of the board, Paul Hyde, resigned. The guards investigated matters concerning Mr. Hyde. And there is now a file with the director of public prosecutions. But there is further News of Borplanola and impropriety may or may not exist. To discuss this now, we're joined by Mick Clifford, Mick is special correspondent with the Irish Examiner, a brilliant journalist who, more than anyone else, ensured that Garda Morris McCabe got justice when there was a sinister attempt by powerful people in this country, in politics and elsewhere, to try and destroy Morris McCabe. It's a pleasure to welcome make to stand as it always is. Make Mr. Hyde had to resign as deputy chair of the board and there is a file with the DPP, as I say. I'm not overstating, am I, the importance of onboard Planola and its integrity to the people of this country, people of all kinds. Absolutely, Eamon. I suppose, to put a bit of context in it, as you said, everything that's built, wherever, wherever there's an appeal, uh, it's down to the board to decide on that. And what's crucial there is that the board is seen to be impartial. If, for example, uh, say, in your own neighbourhood, if somebody decides they want to build a large, for example, apartment block and, and residents have genuine issues around it, then they appeal it and the board will decide. Similarly, in in rural parts, perhaps a wind farm or something. And the board will decide and it will decide based on two things. It has an independent section 
which is peopled by inspectors, they'll go out and visit the site. They'll compile all the reports. They'll present the reports to the board with a recommendation of whether or not to grant permission. And the board then is not obliged to take their recommendation, but in 90% of cases would do so. And the board as such are exercising what they call Eamon, a quasi-judicial function. Similar to, for example, what county councillors do in terms of rezoning land. So the impartiality of the board is vital and it's also vital that it has public confidence that if any of us do appeal or if any of us want to develop something, that we can be assured that at least whether or not we're disappointed with an outcome, that it has been done in a proper and impartial manner. And I think that element to the board of its public confidence has been severely damaged as a result of the revelations that have come out over the last six months. Yes, and there's one other key factor, I think, Mick. If you are an inspector, your morale and the morale of your colleagues depends almost entirely on the fact that the board can be trusted and the work you are doing in all good faith will be of assistance to the community. A very vital point, Eamon, because as you say, like the inspector is effectively the person at the front line. Yes. And if the inspector thinks in any way that their work is not being judged on its merits entirely, uh, then you have an issue. And if you affect morale among the inspectorate in, in, in something like Borplanola, then you're in big trouble. Now, there is, as we are talking, the DPP is deciding whether more action needs to be taken in relation to the deputy chair of the board, Paul Hyde. However, in the course of investigations that came from your reporting and others, other matters have come to light and this new dimension to this story is developing. That's right. I mean, and it it should be noted at the outset that the the entity that broke this story initially was the Ditch website. Yes. They were also involved, for example, in in the Robert Troy uh, issue that arose there, the former junior minister. And yeah, we have in the Irish Examiner, myself and and particularly Keenan Brennan and and some other people have followed up in a major way. The the situation, I suppose, as it stands, Eamon, is you, you mentioned Mr. Hyde and what has happened in relation to him. Now, when the issues arose around him and potential conflicts of interest at the time, this was last May, the chairman of Borplanola announced an internal review to look at all the issues that had been raised in the media. And so internally, three people from the administrative side of Borplanola conducted a review of around 300 files that have been generated in the board over the last four years. And they were looking in particular at Issues like conflicts of interest, um, the composition of boards, the changing of inspectors' reports, all of which are very serious issues, and allegations around all of which appeared in the media. That review was delayed. It was was supposed to be published initially, I think, at the height of summer. That finally was completed last week, and I was fortunate enough to get my hands on uh, a copy of it, um, even though it has not been published and the chairman has indicated that it certainly won't be published for the foreseeable future. And I think it's important to this extent. It's the first time we've seen um, an analysis and a documentation 
of all the issues that have arose in the media. It's a fish of it's effectively an official version of yes. what has arisen in the media. And to the largest extent, it uh, confirms practically all the media stories. Now, David Walsh is the chair of Onboard Planola. And Mr. Walsh was Hyde's immediate superior. That's right. And, and he commissioned this report. Um, and the report, for example, just to give you a flavour of it, as I said, there's 300 files examined. How do you, you had it, it, just before you do, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. Mick, how do you get onto Onboard Planola? Is it a political appointment? Would Mr. Walsh and Mr. Hyde and others who are on it, would they be appointed? Are there criteria? I mean, am I likely to be, to be appointed? You could be, Eamon. Yeah. Uh, if things were done as designed, you or I could be. Uh, it was designed initially that uh, Borplanola would be people drawn in general from the community to reflect the community. Because, so, in other words, it it cert- as it was designed, it was not necessary to have a specialised knowledge of planning. Right. It was more necessary that you'd reflect uh, in a general sense what perhaps you might say the man or woman in the street would regard. And apply would, common sense. And apply common sense, exactly. And armed with the specialist knowledge that you would be given from the likes of inspectors' reports. Now, yes. it has not evolved that way. In recent decades, it's really been planners, architects, and to some extent engineers who've been on it. And there's a danger in that of groupthink. Yes. And that's something that has, has been brought up. But how they're selected is there are various groups, societal groups, that make nominations on a rotational basis. Uh, and and you, you could approach them, for instance, for a nomination, and then you forward that to the minister. And the final decision, as you said, it's a ministerial appointment. So the minister of the day has the final say. And for example, there have been times in the past where an outgoing minister who's, you know, after an election and they're literally leaving office or just before an election, they make a series of appointments. So they might get people they regard as, as uh, suitable on it, and it, but it's very much a political appointment to that extent. Yeah, and uh, of course, I wait by my phone, <laughs> but I don't expect any administration to call me up. And the reason I raise that is if you look at all the political administrations we've had, in the last 20 years, for example, there have been some, a lot of dodgy characters in there in Leinster House. There have been a lot of controversies over planning or no planning. And of course, it means a lot to property developers, builders, and that whole sort of culture of people who make things happen. Very true, Eamon. Now, the one thing I would say about that, though, is that Generally, people, and I'm talking now about people outside the system, whether they be specialists, journalists, academics, people involved in planning, will all say that until recent years, perhaps the last four or five years, six years max, um, Borplanola, most people would have said that it had weathered all storms very well. I mean, go back to the economic collapse and your yes. institutions like government, like banks, like developers, etc. You know, people lost complete confidence in the way they'd conducted themselves. Borplanola was one of the few institutions that was not mired in any kind of scandal during all those years. And generally speaking, I think it's fair to say that people felt it was, to a large extent, operating as designed and, and 
above um, what you might call suspicion. Yes. Unfortunately, what's emerging now is that in recent years, at the very least, standards that were there before have really lapsed. And they have investigated. Are they obliged to publish what you have seen? That is a report that has presumably been commissioned by the board. They now have it. Are they obliged to publish it? No, and and the, the chairperson issued a statement on Friday, I think, which resulted basically from the reporting in the Irish Examiner, that uh, from legal advice, he's not publishing at the moment on the basis that any publication could possibly interfere with any uh, other actions that might arise from the report. But having said that, the type of stuff that's in there, Eamon, for example, uh, we're talking about, in a number of cases, inspectors' reports were changed in what's described as a substantive way after intervention from board members. Now, to make a, a, a slight comparison, it's not exactly right, but it's, it's a comparison. If you had a court scenario whereby you had a guard, say, in the district court, or a superintendent or sergeant, whatever, presenting evidence to a judge about a particular case, this would be akin, in that comparison, to the judge outside the court having a word with the guard and saying, before you present that to me, change it in A, B and C. Yes. It suggests uh, a want on the part of a board member or members that the evidence be presented in a particular way so that it might correlate with a predetermined decision or, or, or veering towards a particular decision by the board member. And that is extremely serious because it takes away immediately the element of impartiality that's vital. That was one of the more serious ones. There have also been situations where uh, a person who's appealing, or an entity, generally an entity, a, 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 a developer or whomever, were well known to a board member or senior staff member. And again, that is extremely serious. Now, what has come out of the report, and we reported in this last Tuesday, is that in one case, a senior official um, who was identified in the media, was the ditch initially reported it, as being involved in a case where uh, somebody close to her was very much involved, which, you know, is, is a complete no-no. The, the chairperson went away and investigated that. He commissioned a, a HR firm to investigate it. Now, this was completely unknown to everybody until we saw this in the internal report. He's issued a statement now saying that investigation has been completed, that the official who's been identified as the director of planning, Rachel Kenny, has no case to answer. And he, in it, he attributed the... Um, the allegation, he, he suggested that there was inaccurate reporting in it. Now, that's a serious thing, too, because he certainly didn't identify any inaccurate reporting. Right. And, and the gist of the reporting was based on public documents that show these people were involved. So it's very difficult to see where that's coming from. And you're talking about publication. And again, you know, that's something that if it was put out in the public, at least people could be satisfied that everything is, uh, as uh, as a press release suggests it is, and, and therefore that can um, ensure that confidence can be somewhere restored in the operation of the board. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, the Minister for Housing is Dara O'Brien. This is in his area of responsibility, if I'm right. And the Minister has set out what's called a blueprint for the way forward for the board. But he set out this blueprint before this latest report had been given to him. Was that putting the cart before the horse? Arguably so. I mean, as you say, it it, it was nearly, and, you know, I, I'm sure, it, look, it's a very difficult time for housing, as we all know, and, and a board like Umbor Planola, a body like Umbor Planola is vital to ensuring that things get built. But, you know, some people might look at it and say, well, is this a question of our old friend from elsewhere? Nothing more to see here, folks. Move yeah. on. We've things sorted and, and, and everything should be OK. Arguably, there was an element that that would because he did not see this report at the time. Right. Um, so, you know, questions could be raised about that, too. I mean, and, and I think uh, very relevant questions and questions could be raised about Mr. Walsh, not... I should stress that he did anything or that there's any whiff of impropriety about him personally whatsoever. But he has been the chair while a lot of this stuff has been going on. Now, a question arises there whether he knew exactly what was going on in the body, which he oversaw, even in the context that they do deal with an awful lot of um, of cases. And he obviously couldn't be across every case. But there's a lot of practices that have been uncovered now that suggest, you know, standards had really slipped. So does the book stop with him? You'd have to ask that as well. And the person who should be asking that in the public interest is the Minister for Housing? 
Yeah, you would have thought so. Um, now, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but certainly everything that we've been told so far is that, uh, as I say, it's a question of, right, um, Mr. Hyde is gone. Let's move on. And it should be stressed that this internal report, the, the, the issues that have arisen in it, only some of them could in any way be attributed to anything done by Mr. Hyde. There are a number of other people who were involved in, in, in some of these issues that have arisen, which I suppose in its most benign way you could describe as a, a serious lapse of standards. Now, you're a journalist, an outstanding journalist, and we know there are many outstanding journalists who over the years here have brought to the public's attention some horrendous things, abuses of all kinds. The problem, it seems, sitting here and looking at this situation, is who is going to tell it as it is? Who is going to get the truth out there? And if there is wrongdoing or unethical behaviour, who's going to bring that to public, to the public's attention? I mean... I can't remember the last time a politician did that. So it's left it's left to you or Mr. Walsh. Well, it's not, it's not me personally and and it's 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 nice what you said about in terms of um, Well, it's true. I mean, work, but... uh, God knows where some people would be. I mean, it goes from anything from, you know, burying babies, killing them, awful stuff. You know, yeah, what's no, I, going should, on. I should emphasise, Eamon, just in relation to this. Again, I should emphasise people like Keenan Brennan, my colleague, and, and the people in the ditch. Yes, of course. Have been responsible for a huge amount no, of, of and what I, has I, come out. I applaud them. We do and support them as well. The question is at what point do the what, what's called the authorities, you know, get their act together and root out unacceptable behaviour? Well, that's a very good question. And, you know, the first thing I'd say in that respect is. A report like that, which we have exposed in the Examiner this week, the internal review. And remember, Eamon, the internal review, our old friend, in general terms, in state bodies, whatever they may be, the, the Gardaí yeah. or other bodies, the internal review, I have to, reviewer report, I have to say, has largely been discredited time and time again. Yes. And what's really noticeable about this particular one is it's in danger of giving the internal review a good name because it actually does get to the heart of the issues. Right. But the problem now is that it was commissioned and handed over to the chairperson. And you said about getting it out there. Well, without uh, it being published, are we in a scenario where... As I say, we've published it in the examiner. Okay, they might try and ignore that and try and move on and ensure, as far as some people would be concerned, ensure that a major political stink is not kicked up as a result and just keep the head down. Or publish the thing. Let the public see what had been going on and whether or not further action is required in addressing it to the extent that, and back again to this thing, it is so vital that there is public confidence in this body. And if you're going to keep things behind closed doors and not bring them out there, the public are going to remain suspicious on the basis of what they have seen. And isn't it the case that really the difficulty of publishing something like this are the laws of libel in this country? 
also the degree to which certain journalists are close to politicians and many journalists act in their own interests, in the interests of anything, but they don't act in the public interest. Laziness. Well, I mean, I, I, sorry, I don't put words in your mouth. That I, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mick. I forgive me. No, for no, that. don't be sorry. Don't I mean, I, it, these are things I feel. We, we, we yeah. all know because we've seen it mm. that you know sometimes you have in your possession now something that the public really ought to be aware of and cognizant of and be able to take a view on and board Planola. Absolutely. And what's, and what's stopping you and your newspaper and the ditch and any other journalists who are working on it is fear of the laws of libel, which are punitive. And ironically, we've been watching now for a while allegations about Sinn Féin being litigious. I wonder what they'll do when they get into power. Do you think they'll liberalise the laws of libel? That's because at, at the moment, they, they appear to be making use of how restrictive they are. That's an excellent question. Um, and I, 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 I'm guessing that what people in Sinn Féin would retort with is that that's all very well, but the, 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 the people who've been in for the last 20 and 30 years haven't done anything about the laws of libel either. No, they but haven't. It's, it's a very valid, but that's not to take away from the point you're making. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very valid point. Libel is a huge issue, but in relation to this, to me, the bigger problem is without official publication of this document, the minister, the chairperson of the board, are not obliged to act on specifics because they can always use that phrase media reports and what have you. Without the whole thing, they're not obliged to do so. And the other problem is this. Because so much has come out in what you might call a drip feed manner over the last six months, uh, and that's not the media's fault, by the way. The media are actually putting it out there whenever we get it. It's, yes. not, it's not a, a strategic thing. But because that has happened, confidence has been drained. And without an actual, uh, a comprehensive addressing of all of that, you're not going to get anywhere in that respect. Right. In the interests of, let's say, the morale of onboard Planola inspectors. Now, there are many, many ways people with the kind of responsibility and power that they have, can be got at. But in the interest of giving their morale a boost and indeed maintaining it, shouldn't the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, who's only the Minister for Housing because he stood before the people and got elected, shouldn't he be demanding that in the public interest this latest report should be published? I would agree with you. And, and I, I, I'd add to that, Eamon, you, you, you mentioned the inspectors and you're absolutely right, but I'd extend that too. The, 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 all the staff working in there, including, it has to be said as well, most of, uh, of, the, of the board members. I mean, the yes. issues that have arisen are, they're there, they're attributable to some people, but you have, I think it's about 170 people working in the board. The vast majority of those are doing the best they can day in, day out. Now, you raise an interesting question about the Minister for Housing. I asked uh, the, the, the Minister's office about that and about publication, and the response I got was, the Minister has received a copy of this report, but because it was commissioned by the Chair, it's a matter for the Chair. So the, the, the route in that respect is that that's, that's officially... Nonsense. That's yeah, nonsense. Well, the, the Chair will decide what to do. He'll pass that on to the Minister 
and the minister will say yay or nay. Now, uh, but the minister says boss. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you'd have to ask. You know, in that instance, is it all a question of back to our old friend? Okay, okay, the past is the past. Leave it alone. Yeah, uh, we've a blueprint. We're moving on. Let's not deal with the 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 issues that appear to have been serious, and and uh, we leave it at that kind of thing. And just to reiterate how important Umbort Planola is to so many people's lives, whether it be couples, whether it be a community, whether it be, you know, a building project. And two things. One is how important and vital it can be in people's lives. And the other thing, of course, is that we have to be sure that such a, a vital body has unimpeachable integrity. Absolutely true. And just a brief example, o- over the years, I've done um, a number of stories in relation to uh, wind energy and wind farms around the country. And you will often encounter communities yes. with justifiable issues. Uh, now, you see, that doesn't mean that in terms of planning that they're correct. I, I, their grievance is entirely understandable. And in many instances, they turn out to have to be entirely justified in challenging it. But the important thing there is that when somebody is disappointed with an outcome, yes, that they're able to say at least, well, okay, I think they were wrong, but I accept they were uh, honest, impartial in, in their view. And over the years, I came across a number of people who, you know, they had issues with Borplanola because of decisions. And generally speaking, and this is until recent years at least, I can say that, you know, I can understand why they're disappointed, but looking at everything, I can also understand why the board did as it did. But in that scenario, there has to be public confidence. And that is so vital because planning is such a primal thing for for so many people in so many different ways. And again, the big question is, is that being properly addressed in how the chair of the board, how the Minister for Housing are currently dealing with the fallout from all this stuff? Well, just to, in conclusion, I just from my own understanding of what you've told us, Mick, and what I've read elsewhere as well, the Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien, should be required to publish this report when he can. His excuse at the moment, according to his spokesman, and I'm quoting now, he will wait to see what on board Planola's take on the report is first, as it was an internal matter. It isn't an internal matter, is it? No. I, in my view, Minister O'Brien, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, this is not an internal matter. This is a matter that is centrally in the public interest. And you need to publish that report or get your ass out of your ministry and stop looking for votes when you appear to be unable to do your job. That's me saying that, Mick. That's right. So they know where to send the writ. But I mean, (laughs) no, this fella is pretending to people that he's going to fix the housing problem. He's He's a plenty of front about him. He may or may not be a competent minister, but if he's acting the maggot, hiding from the public something that they should know, well, there's no business in that's the house. If I could put it another way, Eamon, 
you mentioned at the outset about work I did on um, on the Mars McCabe case. Yes, a and man who really who suffered him and his wife and his family the most appalling and intolerable persecution. And you and one or two other journalists saved him. There's no other word to use. Well, well one element to that case was that initially internal reports were done yes. about Morris McCabe's complaints and yes. not putting too fine a point on it. They were, to the greatest extent, a joke. And subsequently, when an outside body looked at it, uh, for example, uh, the lawyer, Sean Gearan, he made references to how internal reports or this in, in as his experience of the type of internal reports in, in, in the McCabe case were distilled down to such a point that ultimately nobody was responsible and everybody move on. And that was the nature of internal reports. What is different in this case, having seen the internal report is, I think I could state, and this is just an opinion, that there is no need even to go to an external agent to give a, a, a global view of what is going on. That unusually, the internal report in this case does come down exactly where it's supposed to and does highlight the type of practices that are a problem. So you don't have to, in my opinion, go and get a senior counsel or a retired judge and say, take a look at this. The report is there. I would suggest it's highly credible. And the only problem is whether or not it's going to be put out there for the public. OK, well, we're grateful to you, Mick, Mick Clifford, a special correspondent with the Irish Examiner, a newspaper that seems intent on pursuing journalism. Also to the ditch, which is a small online publication and we're grateful to them for their work as everybody else should be and we'll find out what Minister Dara is up to or up to, or up for if we see this report in the light of day. Thanks very much Mick. Thanks to Thanks, all Evan. of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.